it's already too late. No matter what I eat, it'll bring my blood sugar back. I'll normalize, but I'll have to sleep to wear, for it to wear off. <laughs> wait, wait. You mean you can crash your blood sugar to the point where you have to sleep? Yeah. Well, once I get a meal, right. it, I just don't recover fully. You I see, just need to go to sleep. I'm a depressive guy, so I would purposely do that to sleep more hours. <laughs> oh, God. But you, but you don't uh, – you, you, I don't sleep better necessarily. I just have to – I'm like, all right, I can't do no, anything. No, no, I, I, I get it. I'm saying I have – I have my good days, and then I have my days where I just would like to sleep 18 to 24 hours and then wake up the next day and go back to bed for 18 to the 24 hours. So if I can manipulate my body for that, dude, I, I would get on board with that yeah. in a second. Why not? How can I get, how can I get myself some hypoglycemia? Well, get a diabetic family. <laughs> and, okay. then, uh, and then be healthy enough to not become diabetic? Well, you, you, can, be on, you can get hypoglycemia both ways um, with, sh- with too much sugar. Okay. If your diet's fucked up, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it, because it's not totally what I've got going on. Um, it's just I know that my blood sugar is low. Like, right. And I can feel it because it's the hangry thing. Right. And it goes from hangry to just like, oh, to I've got to eat is, right is fucking hangry, now. Hungry and angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, that's my whole life. Yeah. I like how we got right into kvetching because I was hoping that's what this episode <laughs> would be. We, we haven't even introduced you. We're right to complain. Right here, we're talking about being such, angry and not such having a, enough food. You're such a non-Jew Jew. It's great. Uh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Am I? Maybe I'm becoming one. Maybe New York is rubbing off on a, you. A, yeah. I'm now a German Irish Jew. Right. So uh, I've got the right amount of anti-Semitism to not be a Jew no, or to, to be, be a Jewish. Jew. Yeah. Do you find why you find most of the Jews you know are a little self-hating? No, I, I think that I think it's a it's a common thread in the Jewish community. They like to play up the. I think it's more of a stereotype than it is real. Because if if there's anything Jews and Catholics have in common, it's the it's the the substrate of guilt for their lives. Guilt is everything. For you, it comes from family and stuff like that. For me, it's like guilt that I'm disappointing God, which will shame my mother. Uh, so, but it's guilt nonetheless, which isn't isn't a healthy driver for anything, right? Uh, probably that's where it comes I, from. Where, where does the because they just instill the guilt in you? Catholicism? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's based on guilt. You know, you're you're born into sin, and that isn't well understood for what it is. It's like, oh, you're born. I can never fix this. I can never be good. Jesus is perfect. I can never be perfect. I'm always going to fall short. Right. There's nothing constructive about it. It, do- it doesn't say, hey, this is the ideal. Work for that, but you're going to fall short, and it's okay if you do. Right. That's not mainstream Catholicism, or certainly the way Catholicism was presented It's always like, you're fucking failing. God hates you. You're, you're not perfect. You're not Jesus. Yeah. Confess everything you've done wrong this week. How does it? Okay. All right, I'll list it out. Did you actually go to confession as a kid? No, I got kicked out of. <laughs> <laughs> they told you not to come confess. No, I, I got like kicked Troy, out way before that they're process. They're like, Troy, you get to keep your sins. God hates you. <laughs> we're like, we're, we're sick of hearing the list. We don't have time but at one for point, you. Weren't you at one point in your life stealing like car radios? <laughs> yeah. Because there's um, a difference between confessing sins and like them calling and the cops a deposition. on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, what the Can line is. Can they do is. that? Is there like a line where like... The priest will just text someone and like you get out of the booth like, wow, that was refreshing. I'm going to change my life. And there are cops just standing there waiting for I you. I don't know what the line is. Right. I, I think that they you can confess sins. But if you if you confess a, a crime, crime, I feel like they have to report it. But maybe that's just a feeling because I, I feel like that would be the right thing to do. Well, that's the therapist rule. So you might be assuming like they got. Maybe, yeah, I don't I don't know if they get the same protection. I would certainly hope not. But uh yeah, I, I never made it to the confession part because I got I got kicked out of catechism classes, which is oh, it's that uh, it's it's like Sunday school, 
Uh, kicked out's kind of a strong word. They just suggested to my mom that I don't come back because, you know, he's not paying attention. No shit, man. I'm nine. Yeah, I'm not listening to the, your Bible talk at nine. I'm a little high strung still as a 46-year-old man. As a nine-year-old, I was off the chains. Right. No, they just like, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't really want him to. He's, he's not, he's not invested in the class. Who was, what, what nine-year-old is like? Yeah, yeah, I guess this is good stuff right here. This is how right. I'm gonna live my life. That isn't right. Just mentally deranged out of the box. Yeah, Judaism's a lot different because, <laughs> firstly, you're observing it at home. It's not like some. It's not like an esoteric concept. It's like mm-hmm. very day by daily. It's part of your regimen, so it's like a very real thing. Yeah. Like for example, every Saturdays you're having Sabbath. You're you're not using electricity, mm-hmm. so it, you don't just like show up to a class once. Did you a week did your family observe those yeah. rules when you were growing up? Okay, yeah. So you were you were more toward the Orthodox part of yeah. Part, my part. my family's Orthodox, so it's not like oh, wow. you showed up to school once a week and they were preaching you something that had nothing to do with your life. Religion was your life, and like I started yeah. with you know Jew school. Um, like kindergarten, pre- you know what I mean. So like, th- there was never that option of like showing up to the Jew class and be like, "Ah, eh, this is ridiculous." <laughs> you know what I mean? It was already yeah. part. It was part of your life. Like that's what your life was. You didn't experience anything outside of that, even. Huh. Wow. It, you know, I uh, one of the things that I like about Judaism is that it doesn't, it doesn't seem to teach a system of beliefs. It seems to teach a system of ideas and questioning them. And the Talmud and the, and the things that you do, you like you learn this, but you're encouraged to question. So that's Catholicism, uh, right? You they say, yeah, we want you to ask questions, but there's there's kind of a right. There's a limit. So that, that, that that's true and false. There's definitely like uh, religious tenets that you either believe or you don't. Like mm-hmm. there's one God, the 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 oh you would know him, uh, the Rambam guy. So he's got like his thirteen principles, Nachmanides or Maimonides, Maimonides. You ever hear that name? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So no. he's got like his I can see the name in my head. tenets of faith that like if you if you don't agree with those thirteen tenets, then you, you're not you're not observing Judaism. And according they're, they're to a, according to a man who wrote it. Well, according to what he would see as rabbinic Orthodox Judaism, so it's like there's a God, you'll be punished for your sins. There's only one God. They're pretty simple. But um, after that, in terms of questioning, we do study, like, strict law and question the shit out of it. Like, that's the whole thing, being like, this doesn't make any sense. And then you yell at some other guy who's like, this makes total sense. And that's why yeah, when you meet Jews, we're super argumentative. But we're also pretty good critical thinkers. It comes from that tall Yeah, and, and that's stuff. where I think that comes from. And the difference in that and, and a Christian perspective is Christian is very much dogmatic beliefs. Right. And that kind of, what do you call it, midrash? Midrash, which is like, this is a critique, I'm going to think my own, I'm going to write through this sort of philosophy, doesn't, isn't encouraged, and it happens, but it isn't encouraged as much and culturally uh, ingrained the way it is in Judaism in right. Catholicism at all. Right. Um, maybe there are some progressive Catholics well, I think that maybe you start with asking that, stories and it starts falling. <laughs> like, wait, he came back from the dead? And wait a second, he's the son of God, yeah. but he's not God? Like, <laughs> people are like, just, just accept it. <laughs> Let's move was, on. <laughs> when I was writing my thesis, uh, one of the one of the uh, uh, the core story, the core problems I had was this, this book of Job. Right. Um, and it's, it's a horrendous story. No matter how you chop up the facts Things the story, just keep going to shit in that story. God's an asshole. Yeah. There's just no, it's a parlor bet with Satan. Right. And God's an asshole in the whole thing. Job's his righteous servant. Satan's like, I can turn him against you. God's like, no, I bet you can't. And Satan, you know, wipes out his business, kills his kids, wipes out his his wealth. It takes away his love, his friends. He alienates him. He gives them boils. And at the end of all this, Job's like, um, I, 
can I ask why? And God's response is effectively, you can't ask me questions. Don't question me. I made elephants. That's really what it is. Right. What? What kind of answer Wasn't is that for a very yeah. reasonable question from a man whose life was destroyed? Not fell apart through the natural course of human events. Destroyed intentionally to test his faith. Right. And he didn't lose it. He just questioned, hey, what did I do? I thought it was that he cursed God. It was that he said, if you're shitty enough to this guy, this guy will curse you. That yeah, was, I think I think that was yeah. maybe Satan. I can turn him against you. Right. And I'm not sure Job ever turns against him. He just kind of comes and he's like, ah, what's going on here, God? I thought ah, we were cool. This was bullshit. Yeah. And then God's like, you can't question me. Well, you kind of destroyed my life. I think I get to ask you some questions. It's a petty, petty response. And then at the end, do they restore his old children and bring them back to life? No, he gives them new ones. Right. What? That is, it's a bullshit story. Um, now, on the face, the facts of it are bullshit. Yeah. It took me several conversations with a guy who studied under Bez Desmond Tutu, who was one of my thesis advisors. Desmond Tutu, but this guy that it's I was hard working to have with. a last name Tutu and get taken seriously with anything. Yeah, but you know, Bishop, we'd throw Bishop and Bishop Tutu. Oh, his <laughs> name a, was Bishop. Yeah, Tutu? Des Bishop Desmond Tutu. If there was a list of he's a he's priests. a famous uh, he's a famous priest. I'm in just the world. saying, if you were to write all the priest names on a piece of paper and say, guess who's the pedophile? I'm picking Bishop Tutu every time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he might be. He's a. I believe he's African. Um, South African, maybe. I don't know for sure. But the guy I was working okay. with studied with this dude. Yeah. And it took us a long time to get through the book of Job. And what we were talking about is basically, yeah, the facts of the story are horrendous. Is there something valuable in that story for people who are not religious to learn? And, yeah, there is. If you dig down deep into it, Job despaired about his situation. And despair is the opposite of action. Despair is resignation, and you're giving up to it. You're like, I'm despairing. Oh, it's terrible. And that's and you're living in the terribleness just for the sake of it, and it will do nothing constructive for you. You have to stop despairing, find a, a course of action, and take a first step out. That's the real lesson of Job, that despair in bad times will do nothing for you. So basically, feeling sorry for yourself isn't useful. I feel like that's a good message. We should just call it a podcast. <laughs> it is, that's, that's I feel like it's a that's home run. We're, we're not going to yeah. wrap up with anything better. Welcome, people. You know, it's great. For li I, I spent a lot of years in yeshiva, like in real Jewish study programs, and we spent a lot of time on theology. I don't know why I never talked about Job. I don't mm -hmm. even think I ever read it. But now yeah. what's interesting is they very, I mean, they did kind of put together what books they wanted in that especially the Old Testament. I don't know anything about the New Testament, but they mm -hmm. pick and chose what stories they wanted to put in there when they canonized it. Is that the word I'm looking for? I think uh, so. That might be right. Are you talking about the uh, Council of Nicaea? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but Constantine was like, hey, we got a bunch of competing books. Let's get together and decide what we want right. to call so the they, Bible. So they really wanted that. That was probably later than Judaism, but whatever. They really wanted that story in there. Yeah. Um, that they seem to have, yeah. Cause yeah. Does it have value? And when you read it like... The way we can read it now, yeah. And back in those times, literacy rates were so low, so they had to illustrate stuff through literature and oral stories because you can't, people can't read about it. We can't pick up a self-help book back then. Right. So that's how they communicated stuff. You know, the story of um, Abraham and Isaac. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and kill my kid for God. And then the angel comes down and says, no, no, God, we were just fucking around. And <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you, yeah. Abraham. And then Abra you get the then, joke? Then Abraham's like, well, phew. No one wanted and Isaac must have been like, oh, boy. And at the, the same bullet. time, Sarah was so distraught about it, she fucking died. Did she die in that story? Yeah, she dies in that story. I don't remember that fact she, about another it. Another angel shows up and says, hey, you know, Abraham... 
just took that kid that you gave birth to at age, what was it, like 180 or something? Like, listen, yeah. you old hag, I know how much you cried trying to have this kid. You finally had it. Yeah. Your husband just took him out to kill him because God said you got to kill that kid. And she's like, died Ooh. on the spot. <laughs> and and that's, a, that's not an unreasonable response right. to and then, what's happening And then it's like a kid. happy story of, well, God sent the angel down and said, no, you don't have to kill your son. But someone died in the story. Yeah, oops. <laughs> And, and God's complicit in all this I might be totally wrong in that. The I, amount I, of I don't time, remember that yeah. aspect of the story. I just remember reading that story and going, who who worships this God? But if you think about it in terms of what they're trying to communicate at that time, which is right. spiritual enlightenment and, and di- reaching for divinity on earth requires some great sacrifices. And the best way to illustrate that is put it on par with you have to sacrifice your kid. Of course, they I hope they don't mean that literally. Right. It's been taken literally, which is, you know, the mark of somebody stupid. But, of course, you have to make extraordinary sacrifices to reach really high ground here. We're both comedians. What kind of sacrifices do we have to make on a daily basis just to get nothing? Imagine what it's taking to get to the next level. Any uh, artist, you know, any right. artist, anybody who's doing anything great with their lives has to make huge sacrifices. Way to make our sacrifices. biblical. Yeah. Might be a little narcissist there. A little bit. I got to <laughs> no. think about it that way. Other, otherwise, I can't justify two roommates Abraham at 46. <laughs> uh, I, you know what's pathetic about my knowledge of the Bible is, I mean, firstly, the amount of times I've read through it. Secondly, mm. I used to do this thing where uh, every single week I went I went through what that – basically – Jews, they go through the Bible every year. Uh, of the original five books, you go through the Bible every year. Mm-hmm. And so what you're supposed to do, they call it Shnayim Mikra Echad Targum, right? Read it twice, once with translation. But the idea was every, you were supposed to go through the like that week's chapter twice with like the um, – with someone, someone basically, one of like the uh, first generation scholars' explanation of it, okay. and I did that for years. The fact that I'm unclear on the details of the Abraham Sarah story are a testament to how dumb my brain is. Uh, I, I think, and the fact that I ever give my attention, the fact that I ever give my opinion on anything, with that being <laughs> the one thing I would legitimately maybe be somewhat of an expert in, is horrendous. And with that being said, I want to get started. This is our guest, Troy Allen. Hey, everybody. Uh, He's on the Run Your Mouth podcast, and he he just ran his mouth. We didn't even need to introduce what Man. we were going to do here. He I just didn't even know that's it. what it was called. <laughs> it just seems hot. fortuitous. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's great about Troy, I, I ran into him. He's very upset about Trump being in office. And <laughs> while I don't necessarily agree with him, we're, we're going to have a discussion, and us bald people have to stick together. So Well, now, you, you say bald. <laughs> I'm looking at... I'm going. You've got well. You go, but you've got hair. I'm I'm gone. Y- yeah. So all that I have is a a, a a fucking gash on my head from where I cut myself with a razor again last night. Really? Yeah. Every. How do you not I, have if that? If I down shave to when science. I'm in a hurry, I know you would think if it slips in my hand, and that's what happens. It gets soapy and slips in my hand, and then it goes sideways. I thought they had better things for specifically. <clears throat> they probably do, and I haven't bought one just specifically to shave my head. So I do it with a. Or a, 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 with a knife, a Gillette like fusion. a real yeah. fucking. Do it, I do it with a really <laughs> sharp meat cleaver. I just cut it down. You're just there with a hatchet, a machete. <laughs> what? Well, you do it outside your hot female roommate's door. And just <laughs> hoping she'll open it up and just walk back in and go like, "Oh, I'm yeah. not going in the hallway right now." Yeah, I think she's probably already worried about my mental stability. I mean, this this apartment looks like something you could film a horror movie out of. It does. If you wanted to film, but it's getting ready to get redone. If you wanted to film like a 2017 like. Like taxi driver movie 
about a guy living in New York City losing his fucking mind, this would be the perfect apartment for yeah, it. Yeah, but it's big, though. See, we got three bedrooms and a bathroom and a galley kitchen. It's fantastic. How come you haven't moved more people in here to save some money on the rent? Because I only pay 800 Really? That's yeah. that's good. We have... we. We, we have an extraordinary deal. This building is probably not going to exist in 18 months, and if it does, it's going to exist in a very different form than it is now. We're, our building was just bought. This lot behind us is going to be a giant fucking hotel from right. some Japanese investors. This is all going to well, be some right mix of from residential. from the city building. Yeah, right across. We're in the shadow of the Citibank building. Right. And it's Are you guys going to be the holdouts? Uh, no, they, these were, uh, this building had been, they'd held out for it for a long time. There was a person on the corner that didn't want to sell because everybody else was like, yeah, let's sell to these fuckers. Um, and finally this, somebody said, yeah, we're going to sell. And then they just scooped up the whole, the whole corner. Right. Which is, you know, they paid $6.1 million for this building. This three, three apartment brownstone. Just walk around telling people you live in a $6 million building. <laughs> I, I would. You get some women to come back here and like, yeah, my, wow, uh, this is a shithole. I live on the top floor of a $6 million brownstone. There you go. If you go yeah. just one street over, it's a historic district. Oh, so and they it's, can't sell out. It's really, manic- really, really well manicured, and there's constantly movie vans over there, constantly. Because it's, it's a great, it looks, it, it looks like any brownstone yeah. street in the in Manhattan. You know, Harlem, Bronx, uh, Queens, everywhere. It's, it's fantastic. I've noticed that. Yeah, it's that it's specific street. I noticed how nice and it's that just street like was. Two or three that line yeah. up like that. The rest of it is still sort of uh, Long Random Island question. City you ever eat at that Pumpernickel Deli? No. Oh, it's like right around the block from here. Pumpernickel Deli. No. I like Pumpernickel bread a lot. I've never seen a deli identify itself with its Pumpernickel. I found that impressive. Pumpernickel. You know, like that's kind of a German bread, isn't it? I don't know. I think so. I didn't do a lot of research into Pumpernickel. I just know I like it. Yeah, well. It's like a, it's like don't the, look too deep into it. It's like the evil cousin <laughs> of the rye bread. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the evil cousin of rye bread, the pumpernickel king. So we're, we're here. Uh, can to I hit the restroom real quick? Sure. <laughs> Should I put it on pause or just talk about pumpernickel? We can see how much time I got. Two microphones. I'm gonna have myself a pumpernickel party. That's what happens when you try and podcast with old people. They gotta urinate about five minutes in. And I thought he was a healthy guy. We're gonna have to ask him about that. He claims to be a personal trainer, but he's got some prostate issues or something. I'm just going to put this on pause. There's really no reason for me to talk about his prostate while I wait for him to come back. Or we could just ramble about nothing for no reason whatsoever. I think we're going to pause it. That sounded like a healthy stream. We should have gotten the audio on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, could, I was thinking I should have taken the mic in there with me, but it's the run your mouth, not, <laughs> <laughs> not toilet The run your urine. So, um, yeah, l- let's find some anger. Sure. First thing I want to talk about is the fucking MTA, dude. Last night, I got to tell you about this. <laughs> I got to tell you about this. This MTA. is this is one of the worst subway things I've had happen yet. I, I get off stage, I want to say, at 12 from down in the village. So sure. I look at the schedule of when the next train is. I got like 20 minutes for the next E train. So yeah. I roam around for 20 minutes. No big deal. I can roam around for 20 minutes. I do that all the, the fucking vill- time. Yeah, that's what we do. So... The one thing is I checked beforehand to make sure if the E was running locally. I get on the train. It says it's running locally, right? Okay. The station I need to get off at is on the train thing. So I checked on Google Maps. I checked the Which sign station do you there. get off? Uh, I get off at Steinway, right? So oh, okay. That's my old stop. All right. Yeah. yeah. So trains running locally, perfect. That means I'm home in, let's say, 45 minutes. 40 yeah, tops. Minutes. Yeah. 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 40 minutes, right? So we get to the stop. Um, I think it's Queensbridge, right? And it goes, 
this train is now running Queens Plaza. Queens Plaza. Thank you. Yep. Because this train is now running express. They do that constantly on the E. Constantly. And they don't. T- and they don't tell. They, no they just, warning. If they just fucking told me that I'm in Manhattan, I go take the N. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Right. And then what I usually do is I'll actually just get out there and walk because I just find it, the other process is too annoying. Yeah. But the other option is so you take, which by the way, it's about a half hour walk from Queens. From Queensboro to, to yeah, Stein, from Queens, yeah, Queens Plaza to Stein. That's not a short walk. No, yeah. it's it's probably about a half hour. You could you could take the Q sixty two bus. Oh, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah, there's a bus right across the street. I've, I did that when I was living at thirty four. But can you I, do that late at night though? Uh, I don't know how late they run, but yeah. it might be not be the Q sixty two. But there is a bus that goes up and goes right up Steinway. Oh, okay, I, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I don't like bus. Maybe the one o two, but whatever. I find, like, for whatever reason, once there's a bus involved, I'm like, fuck it. It's, like, too many. It, it just gets my anxiety going. Like, if there's yeah. too many transfers or, like, different I- inputs. Okay. So, usually I get off and walk. I was, like, really exhausted. I was like, you know what? Let me experiment with taking this to the next stop and then taking the train back. It shouldn't be that yeah. bad. For some reason, subway goes all the way to 71st. It doesn't even make that stop at, like, Roosevelt or whatever. It goes all the way to 71st. Oh, the, the, you got on the 7? No, I didn't get on the 7. I stayed on the E. Oh, oh all the way to But it went all the way. Now, 71st, if you don't know New York or Manhattan, that is way. like the end of the fucking subway. That's all the way in Flushing. It's dues and Asians. Uh. You don't want to go out there. But not only does it not only does it run express to 71st Avenue, it runs express at a crawl. Like, if you've ever, like, you know, like in movies, yeah. you know, like in movies, like when one jet gets passed by another jet and they wave, I could have got off the subway and walked and waved at the train, and it would have been that much faster. It would have been that speed difference. Express stops at local speed. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, asshole. Literally at a crawl. It might have taken us 40 minutes to get to 71st for me to then get out and have to get on another train coming back. Now, I get on another train coming back, and, of course, they mention, they go, this train's running local. And it stops at every local stop until Steinway when it decides to run Express again and go all the way to fucking Queensboro. Oh, God. (laughs) So now I get off Uh, at Queensboro. I lived this night. And I've been on the train long enough. I could be in Vermont right now. I could be skiing. I could be be on a fucking vacation in Rome for the amount of fucking time I spent on the subway. (laughs) And I am so mad. And at this point, I'm not taking any more subways. I'm walking home. And it's it's like an hour. It wasn't even Queensboro. I don't know where it was, but it was like an hour fucking walk from there. I swear I was a homeless person. I was yelling at mailboxes. I'm just <laughs> walking, kicking my feet like, which one of you motherfuckers is going to start a fight with me? Who the fuck is going to start a fucking fight? Let's do it. For for like for like 10 blocks. <laughs> Dude, I, I have had those nights on that train. As as cool as where I was living was. I, yeah. loved, I loved Astoria. That, that fucking Queens Plaza... Overrunning Express late night would never cease to piss me off. I just got right. I just got to the point. I was like, all right, I'm hopping out. I'm catching a five dollar cab. I just stopped doing that like this because I I did that one. I got off a of seventy first Street. I was like, what? Where the fuck am I? Right. I don't, I've never been to this part of New York. And I caught a cab, and it was like a fifteen dollar cab ride home. I was like, okay, I'll just get out earlier. I'm never gonna try to do the pass it and then come back thing. I hate that. You take the uh, the problem with the the cab situation is then all of a sudden you do that too many times you might as well just live in Manhattan like you've upped your rent by yeah. the two hundred bucks and you might why, as well. You know, I was already paying a lot of rent when I was there and it's that's kind of right. the reason why I was I didn't mind leaving right because my rent was so high and I was still. <sighs> but the point with MTA it's just give me the information. If when I showed up at the E you just told me like that's running I can walk to, I could have walked from Manhattan in less time that I spent yeah. underground miserable in a subway. Which is a perfect segue to healthcare reform. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be a perfect, well, perfect segue. Well, because the Queens Plaza is where I broke my ankle <laughs> getting off the subway train. You see, once again, you're making it about you. It's First, always it's about Abraham, me. and now it's the it, it's the Bible. No, We're the on a biblical getting, quest. One of the biggest problems in healthcare is just lack of information. Mm-hmm. And what I what I mean by that is that you can't get pricing beforehand. That doctors can't easily change jobs. There's a lot of things that have intruded in the healthcare market that are driving up costs. Now, this is what really pisses me off what's going on in healthcare right now is I feel like usually like when you're at war with someone, you'll kind of like you'll put a siege on their city and you'll make the citizens so miserable that the leadership has to fold because the citizens are miserable. Mm. Now, the Republicans and Democrats are doing that with our healthcare to try and make us suffer to the point where they can place political blame on the other party and mm-hmm. force the other party to fold on what it sees as being important to healthcare so that it can create healthcare in its vision. Yeah. They're supposed to be helping us. They're yeah. not supposed to be playing chicken with our health and with human misery oh, in sure. order to try and make political gains. That's disgusting. Yeah. It is disgusting. The, the root of the problem is healthcare and capitalism are bad bedfellows. I don't agree with you at all on that. Because we, uh, we think it's appropriate to charge $1,100 for an epinephrine pen. Right. That is wildly irresponsible. So it's a life-saving medication. It's yeah. free in Scotland. It's absolutely free. We're the only country that allows this kind of shit to go on. Capitalism right. serves a purpose in research and development. But when the, when the whole healthcare market is profit off of suffering, there's an innate problem there going right. on. Right. So I actually um, l- I, let's, let's address your specific example, and then mm-hmm. I want to get back to specifically where I think Republicans fucked up on this. And that specific example, there's a supply and demand for an epinephrine print, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, if you're the company who created that, mm-hmm. you're going to charge as much as you can, right? Yep. To make a profit. And by the way, that profit incentive is what gets really smart people to work in that industry and to go ahead and create those products. Then why is Scandinavia's healthcare system so much better than ours? Let's take a step back from that. Imagine for a second insurance didn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know what the actual cost of that epinephrine pen would be? Whatever they could charge. You know what they could charge absent of health insurance companies picking up the tab? It's whatever the market would bear, right? Right. So it it would be a lot less. Here's the biggest issue. You introduced government money to a market, even let's just say Medicaid, Medicare. You introduced government money to a market, and then you didn't cap the profits that drug industries could take. If you introduce money to a market, you're creating demand. And so if you're not going to also then manipulate the supply, so if you increase demand, what always happens? Prices go up. Sure. So you can't you can't quasi interfere into markets. If if insurance didn't exist, or if government money did not exist, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that company needs to make a profit. The prices are not going to be at eleven hundred dollars. It's just not going to happen because there's actually a limited amount of people who need that product. Now, as to whether or not they'll actually go ahead and create that product without those profit incentives, I, I don't know. They, yeah. You do end up with some issues there. Generally speaking, yeah. by the way, this is just like an interesting thing when it comes to. Um, trickle-down economics. You hear about trickle-down economics, and everyone's like, oh, that's that failed Republican thing where we give more money to rich people, and they spend the money, and magically it ends up in my wallet. Yeah, That's not the way trickle-down economics work. The real way it works is if you're a poor person in this country, there's a good chance that you have a washer machine in your house. There's also a good chance that you got a flat-screen television in your house. What, end- what happened that those goods became cheap enough that you could buy it is that some rich person, let's say 30 years ago, said, I wanted a washer machine. Some company made it for $100,000, right? 
And then over time, they figured out how to make it for cheap enough that even a poor person can consume that item. Well, that's a typical economic cycle for a thing, though. You, you, you start to make it on a mass quantity that right. you put costs go down and the, pl- the price falls. And that doesn't have anything to do with the rich people buying it. It has no, to do with a what company does that is, built scale, which allows them to drop prices. No, what it does, what it has to do with trickle down economics is that the reason that that company first had an incentive to make these products mm-hmm. is because a rich guy was going to buy it. And then as over time, economies of scale kicked in and they figured out how to make the item for really cheap. Well, not That's every, not every even, company starts yeah. because they think a rich person is going to buy this. They start with a, you know, Saturn didn't get started because they were thinking Will Smith is going to buy a Saturn. Yeah, they, the, they went into right. the market with a product targeted at lower people, at lower economic people. Right. So not everyone starts out that way. They just say, hey, we've got a product. We think we can sell it. And if we can sell lots of it, we can get economies of scale, and then the price comes down. That does exist. Yeah. But then there are also products that exist just because – like take LASIK surgery. That's like, the, that's like the primary example that people like libertarians like to point to mm-hmm. is that that was fantastically expensive. Insurance doesn't cover it, and now it's pretty affordable. So take like that epinephrine pen, right? Mm-hmm. At first, it could be an insurance company goes, yeah. okay, we're not going to make a profit at this at first except selling it. But then at some point, they figure out how to like kind of make it cost effective and it becomes available to everybody. Yeah. So well, what, what you were more saying- people. Yeah. So yeah. just to go back to the first point where you said, hey, we can't have a capitalistic structure when it comes to healthcare. I don't think that's true. I think the yeah. issue is actually that we've- somewhat stepped into and distorted the market that all the things that work in capitalism to kind of, you know, create equilibrium and prices and drive prices down have been distorted. So we're not seeing any of that. Yeah, maybe that could be true. Um, I tend to still think that there are inherent problems when you profit from human suffering. Right. Uh, Inherent problems ethically with that. This dickhead Martin Shkreli. Um, who raised the price of that, what was it, an AIDS medication, 750% or something like that, and was just so proud of himself. Really? You're proud of that because you think you can profit off the suffering of others? That he's still alive makes me sick. Right. He, he, I hate that dude. He's so proud of himself, or I'm a profiteer. When did that become the highest ideal of society? And it's only in capitalist societies where that's really honored. I don't admire it at all. Making a profit is a very simple process of paying less for your input than you charged for the product. That's it. That's profit. It is wildly simple. It's almost fundamental to human nature to make a profit off of something. It's not capitalism. It's how we admire it that gets us twisted and we we make gods out of people who make money. No. Right. No, it's it's not no, well, it's, it's its own kind of intelligence perhaps, right. but it's no indicator of like broader intelligence or vision or insight it's not any of those at all some of the dumbest people i know one of them being our president have made a lot of money right in percentage terms his performance in real estate has been abysmal right 15 of the businesses he started failed everything he started outside of real estate has failed but we look at him because he's got money, and we think he's done something. Right. Well, to no, take, it I, I think the most interesting thing that what you said in that is that specifically when it comes to um, health care, perhaps that's not something that someone should profit in. But now I would like to kind of make what I almost want to call the religious argument for capitalism, where you said, where you said someone being able to make money. Um, that's not something that we should celebrate, right? It's not something to be denigrated, but it's not to be celebrated for a genius. Right. You so know? What, what's actually really I, – I was just reading – what the fuck's the name of the book I was reading? I don't know. I was just reading a book yesterday that was kind of 
a neuroscience book, and he was talking about um, I think it's Adam Wealth of Nations is kind of like the Adam big, Smith. Adam Smith, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's like the big book with the um, economics minor. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, he, he's got the he's the big guy who kind of came forth with the you know the magic hand of society. That the, the, invisible hand that the invisible hand that lifts prices hand. up exactly. and down. Yeah. So what was interesting though in this book I was reading, which I can't tell you because I'm a fucking idiot. It's literally on my desk, and I was reading it earlier. Tonight. You're reading a book about Adam Smith. You're probably not an idiot. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, no, no, but he actually put it in a like a moral argument in terms of capitalism, which is that if every single time you're forced to give something up. In order to acquire something, there, there's like there's no force in there, right? So then it really kind of forces people to cooperate. And the idea is really taking advantage of people's selfish motive. Well, it's, it's rational expectations the, right. of the consumer. Yeah. But now here's the interesting thing is that what capitalism does is it rewards people who are good at allocating capital. So let me explain what that means. I just said the word capital twice. so It's like okay. easy to go, hey, that, that's fucking garbage sentence. What that means is people are kind of good at predicting what's going to be popular in a year from now. So, for example, you might think like, oh, steel, uh, people are going to be buying more cars next year. I'm going to load up on steel, right? And then the market decides, oh, actually, aluminum, well, steel and aluminum are the same thing, but mm. copper becomes the item that people use for cars. Yeah. So you get washed out on your, um, your steel investment, and some copper guy, he's made a ton of money. Now, yeah. what does he do with all that money that he made? Well, now he can make his next investment. That's allocating capital. In other words, yep. he's taking his resources and he's making an investment with those resources. So let's take an easier an example than that. Let's take like a television producer. Okay. Television producer is really good at predicting what the market wants by way of television. So what does that mean? It means a consumer at home gets to watch the television that he wants, mm -hmm. right? He gets good quality television. And it also means all the crews, the resources, the film, the editors gets allocated towards a product that's actually good. Sure. Now... What's good about those people is, let's say, so he, let, let's say, you take like a Larry David, so he profits off Seinfeld. Now he's not got the resources to make a curb. He's got the resources to do this. Yeah, pretty so much anything he wants. Right? What you have yeah. is a guy who's good at allocating capital. He's kind of good at predicting what the market wants, and he accumulates more and more capital, and so he's able to continue to make jobs and opportunities for people and allocate capital in good ways. Now, yeah. if you start distorting the market, what you have is like the government comes in and goes, oh, well, Larry David has too much money. So what we're going to do is we're going to divide these film crews amongst also like these student filmmakers because it's only fair that these people get a chance too. well, then what ends up happening is like people don't really watch TV. People lose their jobs. We And by the way, now you take my stupid film example and you start applying it to health sciences mm -hmm. um, and all those other things. The point is people who are good at accumulating capital are really good at making predictions. Like you want those people to have more capital. I would, I would, I would, I would parse it out a little more yeah. specifically. Uh, the first example you gave about, hey, I'm going to buy aluminum because I think there's going to. That's a speculator. Right. That's very different than an innovator, somebody who creates technology. Speculators make money off an existing market. They try to make bets. They make money that way. They don't actually create shit. No. So at they their, accumulate wealth. The people who no, that's actually not true. Things, at their best, they do. Like okay. Nowadays with Wall Street and high-frequency trading and all that shit, mm -hmm. fine. But at their best, even the financiers, the people who are just profiting off speculation, mm -hmm. they're actually creating markets where it's like, oh, I'm predicting this guy's a good person to give a loan to. So I'm good at taking money from where it's sitting in a bank account and saying this is the right person to give that money to. Yep. So they can actually make markets more efficient, which then drives business for everybody. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's going on in Wall Street now, but it's more yeah. in its most pure form of the guy saying, oh, I think copper's the place that I want to invest my money. So then, yeah, he actually is, I think, creating 
I think he, he's, he's kind of stabilizing he's, he, the market. He's not just taking a profit. He's actually well, he's speculating yeah. in it. He's, he's no, I, those are speculators, right. pure and simple. They, you know, you can buy a building and speculate that that neighborhood's going to go up. Right. Those are all called speculators. The people that really drive economic growth are not speculators. They speculators get rich. There is some runoff. People who drive real economic growth are innovators. Steve Jobs drove real economic growth. Um, the car industry but drives the guy, real economic. No, but growth. the guy who first invested in Steve Jobs that gave him the money so that he could then go out and invent it. So that guy also created economic growth. He was an investor, and that's different than speculating. There, there, there is a there is a slight difference. In okay. Investing is you're looking, you're going to produce a product. Speculating is you're simply betting. That is it. It's a bet. I'm okay. betting that these prices are going up, going down. An investor is like, you know what? This is a product for a going concern, a long-term business. We can make money off this, and we can build a platform. There is a distinction in there, and I think the distinction is you know, venture capitalists invest in businesses to grow businesses. Mm-hmm. Speculators make bets on markets. Right. And they, there's purposes for both of them. Sure, I, w- I don't think speculation is inherently bad, mm-hmm. uh, but I look much more to people that drive economic growth for the real engine of the world, of the world economies. And that's what I'm interested in when I talk about investors and why I think, you know, speculating, eh, okay. Right. You make some bets. If you've got enough money, you'll win. So now go back to the original point because I thought it was the most interesting argument, which was should people be able to profit in healthcare, which is interesting. Like, if, if, Sure, you should be able to make a profit if you provide a service or right. a product out there. There is a profit, but at some point, humanity has to kick in. Capitalism is always talked about as though it doesn't affect humanity. Capitalism is about people, entirely about people, and when it ignores people, we get the Republican Party today. Right. Coal mining regulations rolling back. Are you so, fucking you know, kidding me? Are you kidding me with that <laughs> bullshit? So before we go there, we need I want some I want black lung, you stupid I want fucking I want piece of shit. <laughs> How about fund some re-education for these people so they don't have to go back into a fucking mine for technology that we're not going to use anyway? And maybe if you're going to bring that coal, let's right. just get the eight track players back on, on the market. I want to stay on healthcare for a second. No, but... So I actually have a heart attack. <laughs> I work in sales and I find my perspective on sales is really having good products and creating value. My grandfather mm-hmm. said this to me to, to bring it to healthcare cuz I actually think if companies like hospitals had humanity and were trying to be good-natured, I actually think they would have higher profits. And here's my example. My grandfather told well, me this. I wouldn't this. doubt that. Yeah. My grandfather told me this. I thought it was fascinating. He said, as a kid, your family doctor showed up to your house. He had a relationship with you. And if he fucked up, you weren't going to sue the guy. He was a friend. You knew that he had your best interest in mind. Yeah. But when suddenly they started treating you as a customer, we started treating them like a company. When there was no mm-hmm. bedside manner, when you had no relationship with your doctor, when you were patient number one, see this guy stand in that door. It was efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. We yeah. turned around, and when they fucked up, we said, we're going to sue you. Now, with the entire marketplace that then came in with the legal fees and the suing and the mm-hmm. insurance, I don't think that that system actually created higher profits for him, which no, gets back to— it, 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 right. it, it eats into the doctor's profits. You would think it encourages competence in doctors. It doesn't seem to. Right. Um, or maybe there's evidence to the contrary. Um, but we hospitals are run a little bit like restaurants. It's not about like uh, like fast food restaurants. It's I about think, turning tables. Right. And I think it, it's in actually. In the room, it's about turning patients over. We got to get to the patient. Got to get to the patient. Got to get to the patient. Why is that even a consideration? We rush through. I went to. Uh, so I, I actually, I think it's worse than that because I think. 
one of the biggest drivers of healthcare costs are licensing laws and the fact that hospitals have kind of created an ability to monopolize the market. So it's actually worse than fast food. It's like if McDonald's was also lobbying government hard that you couldn't have Burger King and you couldn't have Wendy's, and then all of a sudden they were the only restaurant on the street, and so they're charging $10 they have pricing, for their fucking— they have yeah. monopoly pricing power. I went to—I uh, had shingles like a year and a half ago. Man, you've had everything. Yeah, I had a You're rough— You're really a diseased after, guy. You're the right, right person to talk to about healthcare. Right after, <laughs> uh, right after I got off the cast for breaking my ankle, um, I woke up one morning, had kind of a sharp pain in my abdomen. I was like, all right, well, that's— Felt like as if there's a muscle pull. Did I do something at the gym? I didn't know what it was. And throughout the day, it kind of got to be a little more like nagging, not sharper pain, but nagging. And I was like, oh, oh, this is an appendix. Right. It's my appendix. So I went to the hospital. And then you diaried in your pants. And you're like, no, it shingles. Oh, I just <laughs> shit my pants. Um, no, I got to the hospital. I spent 15 or 20 minutes waiting. The doctor spent five minutes with me, palpated my stomach. He said, no, nah, if this was appendicitis, that would be really painful. I was slightly, I was a little bit nauseous, kind of under the weather, had this pain. Uh, if you're listening and you've ever had shingles, you know those are classic symptoms for shingles. He said, ah, you don't have abdominal pain, so it's not an appendix. And I told him all these things that I was feeling. I had no idea that shingles was even a thing because I mm -hmm. wasn't showing any rash on my skin yet. Um, and he said, well, you know, if it gets worse, come back. I got a bill for $1,300. I never paid it. Fuck you. I don't pay for meals that aren't satisfying. I'm not going to pay for a misdiagnosis that could potentially have been disastrous. Shingles can be very serious for older people. I'm healthy, right. but it turned out to be shingles. I had to get a bunch of medication. This motherfucker misdiagnosed me, sends me a $1,300 bill. No, I'm not paying that. Absolutely no, I'm not going to pay your bill for spending five minutes with me and misdiagnosing me on something that were classic symptoms. And right. it's, I'm not going to blame him for not knowing. Maybe he did. But he has to get through me quickly just because that's what we've turned our healthcare system into. Right. A so quick, oh, if I can't figure it out now, why spend any time? Right. Uh, and when it, there's got to be a way to bring humanity back into it because right now it doesn't exist in our healthcare system. We, we laud drug makers. Oh, look, the drug maker made a billion-dollar blockbuster drug. Jesus fucking Christ. Why are we celebrating Where'd that? that billion dollars the come from? The celebration should be, it hey, we're able to help all these people. Yeah, what are yep. we celebrating? How about we celebrate the people who the drug was for have better lives right. and the company makes a little bit of money? So to go all the way back to the top of this conversation, right? Yeah. So I feel like the Republicans and the Democrats, they're playing chicken with our health. Now, here's where I think the Republicans are really fucking up. I think mm -hmm. we live in a new era where... They can lie to us. People want results for government. I think in the past they could kind of claim that they could do things, and we were okay with that. Yeah. I think the reason why we have a Trump right now is people got sick of government saying, hey, we can handle these things and not handling it. And I think in the next election you're, you're going to end up with another outsider who could be a good guy. Maybe it's like a Mark Cuban. or it's, But the point is here's part of why Trump won, in my opinion. He had mm -hmm. the mystery factor. He had no track record, so he could claim anything, and it could potentially have been true. And you know what? You know what's funny about that? Yeah, is he has a track record, and you can totally destroy it. But not in Every, government. Everything that he's ever said about his qualifications right. are demonstrably false with just five minutes of research. Well, everything that he no, ran on. I'm a great businessman. Well, no, you're not. Sale, I'm though. ethical. No, you're not. Well, he you never can claims to be ethical. All of those things. Here, here I'm was honest. his. Here was his sale. His sale is: I am incredibly successful because I've been out for me. And if you give me the opportunity to be out for you, I can bring you that same success. Yeah. That was his sale. And where, where he sold people was on the idea that 
government has runs like government, and so they can't accomplish these things. Mm -hmm. Look how incredibly successful I've been. If I'm the person representing you, I can bring you this success. And since there was no track record of him working in government, people said, okay, that's potentially possible. So now we have an issue that government, the Republicans claimed we are going to get rid of Obamacare and we are going to get you something better. And they lied. They're not going to do that. But I think they had seven years to write a plan. They put together a 60-page piece of shit right. out of the scraps <laughs> of what they liked in Obamacare. If you are a Republican and you're out there listening and you're not furious with your representation, you're an idiot. Right. Because they just told you they were going to do something that they've had seven years to prepare for. They should have had the greatest health care plan proposal ready to go the minute he got into office because that's what they said they were going to do. Right. They had nothing. They stripped fucking Planned Parenthood. They stripped rights away. They stripped money. They stripped fucking women's health care. Is, is that so your I plan? Think, the entire yeah. Republican idea so it's t- is take away. It's, it's no, you're not going to have this. We're going to take this from you. It's not, hey, what can we do to build something together? We're going to take this away from you. Right. That's what makes me so furious no, so about I it because I think we need to, re- we need to revamp no, Obamacare. I agree, I agree 100%. Yeah. I think if you're in a pu- Republican right now, I think we're in a new era where we need results. You can't just say we're taking things away. You need results. So I agree with you. They're not looking at this and thinking, how can we improve it? Or no, no, I don't want to say that. They have actually some pretty good ideas for how they can make the healthcare market more efficient. They have some good ideas. Let's just go with there's a, there's a couple that are floating out right. there that you can talk to me about. Like you know, the, absolutely, the government should be able to negotiate with drug companies for right. prices. That how that got through the first bill baffles me. Well, it's because we should absolutely be able to because the, they would be the biggest consumer. Well, that was the drug lobby, and yeah. that was part of how Obamacare was able to be passed. Is because the drug he worked, lobby so strong. He worked with the pharmaceutical companies yeah. in order to get it passed, and I and know, that was the that was the whole corruption of the bill was that he didn't really solve any issues in the healthcare market. He teamed up with big. Ph- but I'm kind of talking yeah, out of my ass on that one. But I, I've definitely yeah. read a little bit on that. Also, uh, before I move forward with the point, I, I was kind of giving some libertarian arguments earlier. I, I not that recently well read on that stuff. All that stuff comes from George Reisman. If you're somewhat interested in the things that I was saying, yeah. you can Google that name. I can tell you. Email I need to me do with some a couple of reading about libertarianism because I don't <laughs> really. Yeah. I, I know there are some guys in town that have podcasts that are libertarians. Right. What Dave and Mike Bracantelli. I, yeah. I don't listen to them. Um, and me and I don't Dave know are much boys. About, huh? Me and Dave are boys. I don't understand libertarianism at all beyond what I, – I understand it the way, like, people who don't understand politics understand Democrats. Oh, you want to give my money to the poor people? No, fucking retard. Or the Republicans. Oh, you're a rich guy. You just want to destroy me. Right now. Absolutely true in the Republican world. They're not doing anything to dispel that. But I understand libertarians would be like, no government and no borders. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll answer you the libertarian thing. I want to I stay focused on this Republican thing for one second. You got to pee again? Yeah. All right, go for it. I'm like a fucking woman. It's all good. Pregnant woman. It's <laughs> a great bat post bathroom walk. Okay, dude. When I got under the tra- train, I, I after the show, I <laughs> chugged a bunch of water. We've been all over the place in a good way. Yeah, it's um, fun. I've literally had one line I wanted to say on the Republicans, but first I'll give you a quick libertarian argument. Yeah, give it to me. People's big fear is like, oh man, the big bad evil corporations are coming for me. Mm-hmm. But I actually think government does more to help those companies rob you of your wealth than it does to stand between you and those companies. Oh, I wouldn't disagree with that. Not even one bit. Right. Not and, at all. And so I think what, what so to me, it, it's that 
government's really not your friend, and so we'd be better if it was significantly more limited because it keeps pretending like it's helping us while really it's helping the corporations rob us of our wealth. Yeah, and it's so tough that would to draw the line on, on some sort of legislation that's good for the consumer, good for the corporation, because they're always going to sell it to us like it's good for us. Right, and, and who oh, has you know more what? money? We need, to, we need to do this for who has, Archer right. Daniels Midland because they produce a lot of – one of the biggest things I hated about the Obama administration is who he put from Monsanto at the Food and Drug. And are you kidding me? You're, did you do that, Obama? Did you really make that happen? I mean, I, I'm a fan of Obama. I liked how he represented the country. I liked the dignity. I liked the class of his family. I liked it all because now we've got a trust fund baby, a Lithuanian call girl, and a kid who sees dead people. That's what we have for a first family. Um, so I liked that part of the Obamas. Yeah. But I don't agree. You know, I'm I'm not one of those that agreed with Everything right. that he did, he did some horrendous. He was in many ways a centrist Republican, in the same way I see Hillary as being a centrist Republican. Right. Not By the way, different. you want to you want to see a really good example of um, the corruption of government is you can read about the FDA and some of the lobbying that went on to vilify fat in order that and the way that they organized the food pyramid, and that was the entire nation's eating habits were not based on science; they were based on corporations that lobbied the government. To create have nutritional standards <laughs> to get us to consume more of their products. That is the exact example of don't pretend like you're being my friend. Don't be like, hey, I'm the great yeah. old government who's here to tell you how to be healthy while secretly giving me bad advice that a corporation can profit. Yeah. That's the exact reason why sugar is the reason we're obese. Right. Fat is fat is necessary in your diet. Highly, you know, saturated fat, not so much, limited amounts of it. But fat is not the problem. Have you seen the South Park episode about the food pyramid? No. It's fucking genius. Oh, dude. is it really? They hit on exactly that. And they, they, I won't give it away, but go watch it because they talk about exactly that problem. South Park continually hits the nail on the head with this social discourse. I don't know why more people aren't in there. I know it's a popular show, but I don't know why it's just like not way popular right you know, I, I don't know why it's not bigger than it is and talked about more because they they really nail it it's a show that. i like when i watch but it's not something i made a point of like watching oh, every episode I, I love it so much there's a they do a thing about the financial crisis and they parallel it with the story stories in the bible of judas <laughs> it's fucking genius and when i was watching i was like oh yeah of course they got that a team of writers Six months. That's no, they, they don't. Do. It's basically no, and that's what pissed me off. <laughs> it's six days to air. They put that story together in six days. I, I haven't got, seen that documentary. I heard it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's it'll it'll break your heart because they do what they do in six so days. well in six fucking days. You're like, what? At six days, right? It would take you and me of twelve years to come <laughs> up with one of those episodes. Be like, well, no, part, man, we need another lesbian scene. Part of what I heard from them, and this makes sense to me, is that um. It, you try and tweak towards perfection, and that ruins it. If they know they have one week, they kind of... They don't have time for that. They're like, all right, exactly. yeah, let's chunk That's it out. That's my idea. Get, let's do but it. But it still comes up so damn. Right. So, so damn, And they've been doing it for, what, 30 seasons now? Yeah, How many seasons do they have? Doing. I think this is 19 or 20. And they're not losing steam. The last two that followed the election, they're not losing steam, in my opinion. Right. Well, because the country's just getting more wacky, which makes it a little easier almost. Yeah, their jobs are <laughs> totally like, all right, well. They just, like, every day they're like, thank you, America. You're fucking retarded. <laughs> but they run the risk of, I saw somebody, uh, I don't know where it was, I saw something about The Onion where they're like, well, you're out of business now because nothing you could write would be weirder than what we see on CNN right. website. I mean, you're done. You right. can't do sat. You can't, sat you can't satirize, satirize the this. You right. can't. 
Man, I kind of agree so with them. To go back to Republicans in healthcare. Republicans in healthcare. They have ideas for things that they can do to make improvements in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting forward those those ideas, what they tr- what they're trying to do first, what they tried to do is basically defund Obamacare so that they could force the Democrats to sit down with them and come up with new legislation. Right? Mm-hmm. That didn't work. I don't want to get into all the specifics. Now, yeah, what sure. they're essentially trying to do is still trying to crash o- Obamacare for the same reason. What they should be doing. This is the way every corporation in the world works, is you try test pilots. You don't throw Hail Marys. What they keep yeah. doing, I said this about like um, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. They worked tw- nine years. What was that? TPP. Yeah, they worked nine years on trying to create this epic new thing for trade, and then it doesn't work. You wasted a ton of time. You tried to come up with a – you never get perfect fixes. You got to start small and see what would work better. That's yeah. the way corporations work. Like McDonald's, they want to change their menu. They don't do it nationwide. They go to one store. They, they see how that performs, stuff. and yeah. then they make a change. Healthcare, we're a huge fucking country. Yeah. Instead of changing the entire program, take one hospital, one hospital down in Texas and go, you know what? Why don't we see what happens if – Instead of um, we have patients check on check in online beforehand. Well, and we have a test market for a new health care plan that the Democrats agree on and Republicans have endorsed, which and is it's Massachusetts. You mean, well, that was what Romney care was. Yeah, Romney care. Obamacare. And, uh, and what I yeah. know about Romney care, which is limited, but what I've read in the media, it's a huge success up right. there. And the uh, Republicans will absolutely not embrace it because it looks like a Democratic plan. Which is exactly what I'm saying of fucking politicizing it, yeah. which I don't think is going to work for them because we're sick of it. Yeah. I think we want results. I well, think it's already it's already failing. The, the well, Republican health care plan was a disaster in public opinion right. polls, too. I, I, uh, my problem with it is, well, and you know this, no, but I think we know, we know fixed, that they're just yeah. trying to erase Obama's legacy. Right, which is stupid because if they were to fix Obamacare, you know what they'd call it? Republican care. Yeah. People do, like it was. It's not called Obamacare. It's called it was called the, the American Care, Health, American right. Care Act. And they started calling it Obamacare because they attributed to him. You know well, what they, happened? You know what they meant when they said Obamacare. Well, they were trying to shit on him for they it. They were that trying it was to call fault. it Enbom Care. That's they just stopped <laughs> just short of that. But what I'm saying is, if the Republicans actually made the changes that made it feasible, I don't think people would turn around and go. Oh, fuck the Republicans. No. No, they would embrace the Republicans. Yeah. So what they need to do is figure out what... Okay, put it this way. Here's the issue at hand. Obama created an entitlement program. The Republicans don't like entitlement programs. And I'm not saying I disagree with that. You're not going to unwind an entitlement program. It's not possible. What you can do is prove to me that a free market system would actually be be better in roll-down costs. So how do you prove to me results? Well, you can't just take away the system and have people without insurance for a period of time who are dying like that, yeah. in order for the market to reset itself. That's not going to work. What you can do is, for example, I think I, I've heard this program and I just think it's cool is that with public schools, as opposed to just, hey, public schools get paid, you get a voucher, which then forces public schools to improve themselves so that you want to use your voucher at that school. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that like schools that are good at managing themselves, they'll get more money, they'll bring in more students. Yeah. You kind of create what's supposed to exist in the free market. You yeah. recreate that, you know. I'm leery of, it, of when everybody says the free market because a free market, unregulated capitalism yeah. is a euphemism for organized crime. Nah. Yeah, it is. Wherever there's no regulations, right. crime will take over. It won't be free capitalism because if one guy gets an advantage, it's no longer free market capitalism. No, because no you're longer, under. Because you've got a 900-pound gorilla beating everybody no, up. You're uh, Microsoft, 
What happened did to exactly Microsoft? that. Microsoft yeah, but forced what, so much but of its software what, down people's What throats. ended up happening? People innovate. You're underestimating the amount that. Think about how many. But they were they were in a regulated market. No. If 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 Microsoft had been in an unregulated yeah. market, you, what, we you would have would Microsoft. No. I think you're under. And maybe Apple would be this thing that we heard about once. I think you're undervaluing. Um, undervaluing. Uh, I forgot the word I was looking for. Invisible hand forces. Nah, more uh, people's ability to be creative, invent entirely new things that disrupt industries, and I actually think government gets in the way of that more than it does facilitate it. But now, that might stay, be true. But I still think yeah. that if if you do not regulate things, yeah. The greed well, here's the would, issue. would just like, go go insane. Look at no, the industrial the, revolution. So here's the thing. I think what we had in the forces, industrial revolution with all the trusts yeah. that were built up, that was unregulated capitalism to a certain degree. So I and think, it was disastrous yeah. for us. Well, let's, let's take that word regulation. I think market forces actually do a better job than government because here's the problem with regulation. When you create like, hey, you need to have all these compliance rules, you know what that helps? It helps the big corporations because they're the only ones that can afford to – do the compliance. That's what okay. ends up getting new players out of the market, and that's what ends up getting... Barriers to entry. It creates barriers to entry, which then prohibits new ideas, new players. So I think that's another example of actually where government is... I, I, I'm, I'm losing my focus. I'm good for about an hour, and then I just fucking crash in terms yeah, yeah, of being I'm, intelligent. I'm, saying, I'm like, what, so, what time is it? 11 <laughs> so, uh, all right. So just to stay on point yep. for, for this one thing I've been trying to say for a while, I think the Republicans are fucking up because I think what they need to do is actually prove that they can improve the marketplace. They can't just unwind an entitlement program. Yeah. And if they have ideas for growth or how to bring down costs, then they should start trial programs for those things, yeah. prove to us that their system is better, and then roll it out nationwide. The same as every company, the way that they would operate in trying to improve their product. Here, here's why I don't think they're going to do that. I, I agree. No, with they're you. not. I, I agree with you that there's that's a that is a nuanced, stepwise approach, which is a great idea. What, whatever the ideas are, let's let's take a stepwise. Let's do one step here, one step there. Yeah. See how this works. This entire administration is a blunt instrument. It ran on blunt promises. It's a blunt thing altogether. So they have to come in. Oh, we're going to repeal and replace. I never said that. You are fucking on <laughs> tape saying that thousands of times. Shut up, you stupid piece of shit. Yes, you did say it. You meant it. He doesn't know how to do anything other than I say what is going to happen, and it happens. Because he was born that way. He's never had to apply for a job. He's never had to compromise. And the people who thought, yeah, the government needs to be run, run like a business, don't understand government. You can't run government like a business. It's not a business. There are business-like aspects to it, but it's not a business. And it's especially not a business that you inherited from your daddy and have been the king of since you were 14 years old. Right. It can't run like that. So he comes in, replace it, repeal it. No, okay. No, how about improve it? How about say, you know what? These are our problems with Obamacare. We're going to fix that as opposed to fuck that black dude. We're going to wipe his legacy off the planet because that's the promise I ran on. And I'm a man of my word. Well, no, you're not. You've never been. And there's no evidence that you ever could be or have ever even tried. Right. So it's their blunt instrument. They do that. They do the travel ban. Blunt instrument. Do I want improved safety? Sure. Could they substantiate any of the actions in the travel ban as improving our safety? No. They couldn't do it. Then they try, now they, they've lost that twice. Blunt instrument again. They just don't have any ideas for how to improve stuff. It's destroy, and we're going to replace it with our shitty idea. 
That's okay. all they have so far. Uh, and it, it baffles me that people look at this man and still, if you still support him blindly and uncritically, I can't help you. <laughs> I, I think okay. that is, it's, it's a diagnosable disorder at this point. What, liking, liking Trump? Liking Trump, not liking Trump, uncritical support of him at this point okay. is a sign of mental retardation. You are just <laughs> stupid. Okay. You can't be helped because you're uncritically supporting him. I don't right. uncritically support Obama. I didn't when he was in office. I didn't uncritically, I didn't even support Hillary. So I want to I get, get slightly focused here. So firstly, it, it's <laughs> yeah, between the two of us, no, no. In terms of uncritical support, I think what that is in part is that people are so fed up with the system in the media, mm -hmm. they don't believe what they're being told to any extent, and they're just hoping that this outside force that they almost voted out of anger or to see something different mm -hmm. might pull through and make some changes. And so, whatever negativity they hear about him, we were hearing up until the entire election, this guy has no chance of winning. Yeah. That turned out to well, be. Well, I stopped hearing that pretty. I stopped hearing that, or I stopped when believing I stopped hearing, that. When I stopped hearing that from the mainstream media was night of when they were watching the results coming in, and they're like, "Oh, yeah." But the point is, I saw him ahead in polls, and those those polls yeah. were 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 poorly done. Um, and I I wrote uh, a blog post a while back when Bernie got knocked out of the race. I said, "All right." I'm going to understand do that Donald country, Trump because I'm Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he looks like a sociology professor. I'm a sociology professor. I I wrote a blog. I'm going to help the people. I'm way get before, them healthcare. and I said Trump can beat Hillary right. absolutely because he's a cult of personality. He's fundamentally stupid. You can't argue against <laughs> that. He's he's demonstrably ignorant. You can see it. Right. He might have a neurological disorder. Did you see his behavior when he got in that truck? The day his health care plan got destroyed again. He got in a truck and looked like a retard in a room full of bouncing balls, like and, and and he legitimately just waved his arms around. How are we? That's not the behavior of a mentally healthy person. Probably a guy with a disorder, and definitely not a president to be like that on a day when he got trounced the way he did. Right? Are you kidding me? That's he didn't care. We know he knew nothing about the healthcare policies. We know he didn't understand it because he said, "Oh well, I didn't realize healthcare was this complicated." Oh, but so in your campaign, you said, ever. I know the system. I know it better than anyone. I know these things better than anyone. And whoever believed that deserves the black lung they're going to get when they go back to work in the coal. I can't feel bad for people that fall for this dude. Right. And if you still uncritically support him, fuck you. Right. There's just no helping a person that can't look at that guy and go, there's some problems. And right. so I, I hope he pulls it out. You know, right. Maybe he will. He's not going to. So I want to. He's lost all of his political right, capital so I said, in the first sixty days. So, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a belief in Trump as much as it is for some. Pe for some people, it's a belief in Trump. I think for a lot of people, it's um, an anger with the system. Sure, and I get that. I absolutely right. get but that. But now anger. I want to. I want to. Well, because me and you, we get anger. Well, I, I just get the <laughs> anger get with the anger. system, you know. And and when you do, you put up a Bernie versus a Trump, we had a choice. You can be angry with the system right. and choose compassion. Or you can choose malevolence. Well, the and problem we chose that. The problem with Bernie's compassion is that it's somewhat rooted in socialism, and mm -hmm. so I think you could be under. What a terrible idea! I think you could be undervaluing um, just how bad debt financing is. And just how much gets lost in a socialist system. So, well, maybe, that's but not we have a socialist helpful. system within the U.S. 
the military is an entirely socialist part of a capitalist economy. They live together, they yeah. work together, they eat together, they're funded by the taxpayers. It's an entire the only part that we embrace socialism is when it sends a nineteen year old poor kid to go fucking die. That's when we support socialism. Well, I don't like poor well, people. I don't no, like kidding. them either. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of living with them and being one. <laughs> I'm really tired of being a poor person. Um, okay, I, I look. So I don't. I think that it's funny because when you look at capitalism, the root word is capital. That's money. Mm -hmm. Look at socialism. The root word is social society. People. Yeah, and but there, that, there that is mean it, much there to is me. no pure system of any one of those that's going to work. Right. What's the right balance of capitalism, socialism that we can strike as a country? And still have and reward incent incentivize innovation and and creativity and then also have some compassion, have some humanity in our world because we have lost it all together right now. Just have lost it all together. This administration has lost it all together. Not the country. The country, I think, is 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 rediscovering this part right. of ourselves because the resist protests are well. I'll tell you, are largely the other inspiring to me about and, and right. giving me hope for the future of the country. And even the Republicans are like, oh boy, yikes! Wow. Here's the other libertarian argument on that, and then I want to get to the core of your anger. Yeah. Um, which I, once again, <laughs> I can't remember the fucking book I read this in. I thought this was a funny argument. Let's say me and Bernie Sanders, we walk into a hospital, right? Yeah. And I'm a billionaire, right? Yeah. Standing right next to Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders goes, I'm such a nice guy. What I'm going to do for you, this guy, this billionaire standing next to me, I'm going to give you all of his money to treat your health care. That doesn't make Bernie a nice guy. It makes him an asshole. It's not his money. Well, it's also not socialism at all. No, but the Th point is, what you're doing is, on an individual level, if you care about being compassionate or healthcare is the thing that you care about, you're free to make money and give money to that cause. What you're free not to, necessarily free to make money. To do, Are we free to make money? Like, can you leave right now yeah. and go out getting a job making $250,000 a year? No, you're not free to make more money. Opportunities perhaps exist. I actually probably could. Maybe but you I'm could a rare in sales. Um, I could go out. Two fifty is a little high, but if I really wanted to work, I could probably when get When we above say, "Oh, you, you know, you could just go make your own money," right? Really? Is that is it? Is no, it just that what, easy? But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there is you're forcing whatever. I want to get to the core of your anger. Oh, good. I want to get to the core of this. The core of it. You're one of these dudes who Trump came along, he got enough, and you're furious. Oh, but you're, you're beyond the minute furious. he opened his mouth, yeah. I wanted to put my hand through his face. And now, he opened his mouth years ago. I, I, I was doing a bit about Monopoly, and yeah. I made a joke about Trump saying, I'm presidential. When those words came out of his mouth, I wanted to grab him by his throat and put my hand through his fucking head. See, he head. specifically disliked Trump even before. I despise you, right, everything okay. he says, represents how he behaves, everything okay. he lies. His behavior is disgusting. He's not a human being in anything other than biological existence. <laughs> the man, so it, it, he's a path. It, it, and these aren't questions. These aren't <laughs> things that you can. These aren't things you can debate. He's a pathological liar. We okay. see it every day. He never takes responsibility for a thing. He lost the vote with the with the health care bill. Immediately blamed everyone. He's a child. Right. When he gets into Twitter battles, they're failing. There's oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm being investigated. Investigate her. So it to take is, a step it back, is, it is a baffling personality so that. Right. Geez. No, I get it. You're, you're, it I, angers you. I now no, to not me, anger. It's different. To me though. I've always seen politicians as being corrupt, mm -hmm. um, and so like a Hillary Clinton or Obama, they might be more dignified in their corruption. They might be better at selling it versus Trump. Mm -hmm. I don't see Trump as being any more corrupt 
or evil than those people. So when I hear people who are like, yeah, that, that, and that's the, the the false equivalency thing. Why? Okay. Well, because well, he is the demonstrably yeah. worse than Obama in many ways, and in, in pretty much every way. Yeah, Obama did some shit. The drone strikes are yeah. ugly. But do you think Donald Trump would not do a drone strike in his own country? You're fucking nuts, dude. That guy would drop drones anywhere. Well, he hold on. he doesn't have a conscience. He doesn't. He. <laughs> He you can't, can't even. He, you he, can't speak he, to what hasn't happened. You have no. Well, he went into. First he, he went first in he, his first raid in the Middle East. Was, well, no, no, but was I'll already an say off the cuff. Yeah, let's actions, do it. He didn't care. Actions are different than thoughts. Yeah. I have I have horrible thoughts all the time. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I've if never I acted on my thoughts. I've never. I'd be. I've never. I'm just. I'm. I, at the end of the day, I'm a pretty nice person. Yeah. Like so, the fact that you have bad thoughts. Like, it, let's say Trump is actually sitting in the Oval Office every day thinking, I'd love to drone the country, and he never does. Yeah. That's like a pedophile that never touches a child. Fine. So he's got shitty thoughts. I'll admire a pedophile that never touches a child. They're called non-active pedophiles. Right. And I admire those people and feel sorry for them because they have to deny a basic biological urge their whole life. You know what? I'm I'm really attracted to women. I almost never sleep with them. So, yeah, like, well, that's you just keep Because you're going bald. <laughs> you got to shave it, man. You got to shave it and go with I gotta, it. I got to get, yeah, but, you I know, gotta get better shape Trump, first. Trump's, Trump's lack of preparedness in his first military invasion he did it off the cuff, and then he tried to blame Obama when somebody said something was wrong. This is a sci- this is a sociopath, and it's not even it's not even debatable at this point. No, but just unless me, you're one of his hat wearing right. moron supporters, and that number that that group of people that's really f- faithful to him is shrinking. No, but what but I they're yeah. very they're very but they're virulent. What I hear like your level of rage would make sense to me if prior to Trump. Like, let's just imagine, like, George Washington was the last president, and he <laughs> never— the greatest thing ever. He never used debt financing. Mm-hmm. He actually—most of his days, he just went out, and he picked uh, the cherries. And, uh, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, if it was, eh. like, a perfect person beforehand, and then all of a sudden this massive drop-off to yeah. this monster of corruption— I get why people would be like, what the fuck happened to my country? We were this moral thing yeah, and we went yeah. to shit. But I feel like he's just a different flavor of shit. Yeah. Now, he does oh. sell his stink a little bit differently in that he's unapologetic. Like, whereas, like, he's got this thing where he's not... Part of the sale of government is that we think that, hey, government's moral and they're out there and they're trying to help people. And so, therefore, like, when you see a homeless person, you're like, oh, I don't need to do this. I gave my taxes. I live in this moral government. There's government's they taking, can access. Yeah. Government's taking care of it for me. When all of a yeah. sudden the guy in power is a fucking prick and he's willing to say, hey, I'm a fucking prick. I'm not here to help people. That kind of just shatters what our yeah. idea of government is because we've been sold on the idea, hey, government's this institution that's out there helping people. Yeah. And so I think part of what people are really pissed about Trump is really just realizing Oh, this institution that I put so much faith in is not a moral institution. Yeah, well, I, I maybe that's true. Um, I look at it and I think there is potential for the government to do good. I agree. And also, when you put a human being yeah. like Donald Trump in there who doesn't even understand the concept, you have no chance. If you add evil to a right. bad system, you've got a worse system. I don't think Obama is even comparable to him in that way. The 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 predicates that Donald Trump ran on are false. All of them. Successful businessman. No. I tell the truth all the time. No. I'm in for poor people. No, you're not. All of those are absolutely unequivocally false. 
if you have such a successful business record, why aren't we seeing your tax returns? Because he knows it'll disprove him. So what everything what that he's trying, he, he most, hides everything. Yeah. He lies and then hides behind. It. He's doing it with the Nunes and the Russian thing right now. He's trying to cover that shit up. There's so would you say the most offensive thing about him is just his his general phoniness really just pisses his you off. His lack of accountability drives right. me fucking insane. I get it. It's only I don't see a scenario where Donald Trump walks out of the White House and is not a problem in this country until he dies, and then his kids will have his money, and they'll continue to be problems. I don't see a scenario where you put him in the rearview mirror and he doesn't show back up again. I don't see it. He's a billionaire with a legion of really angry, really ignorant followers who are willing to do some, and I'm not talking about all Trump supporters. If you voted for him and you just got offended, get your snowflake ass well, no, that's out, so of the, out of the sensitive th- pool right. and understand that I'm talking about the MAGA Trump patriot, I'm going to start a revolution.